0: Well, good morning, church. Merry Christmas to you. If you get thirsty during the service, feel free to get a soda from the fridge over to my left, your right. What a great time at the Christmas experience last night and then looking forward to our musical and all the different things that will be happening this week with set building and practicing and most importantly, sharing the gospel with our community. Let's stand together. We are going to open up with another Christmas carol this morning, and we'll have a few throughout our service. and just looking forward to what God has for us. Let's praise Him together. He is and deserves glory. He is glory. And I'm waiting for the words to show up on the back screen. I think they'll get here shortly. If not, I'll look over this way. Let's sing it anyways. Angels, we have heard on high. There we go. It went on the back screen. Now this screen. There we go. Now both screens. Let's sing together.
1: thank you. Christmas is a wonderful time of year. We celebrate the birth of our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's a great time of year. But God, help us not to get caught up in the, in the busyness and the excitement of the season and the commercialism, but to sit back and focus on you. How much you loved us. You loved us so much you gave your son to die in our place. Thank you. God bless this service. We Thank you that we can be here today. Thank you for everyone who is here. Bless this, draw us closer to you. Be glorified through all that is said and done here. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I do welcome you, you, especially if you're here for the first time. And I appreciate everyone here, especially it's, it's rainy and nasty outside, and you could have stayed at home under the covers, and you got out and came here. Thank you for being here. And if you're here for the first time, we're especially glad to have you. We know that God brought you here for a reason. He has something for you today. If you did not receive one of our welcome packets in the back, uh, we have a connection card. It looks like this is in the pew right in front of you. If you're watching online for the first time, uh, we encourage you to go to our website. Just click on I'm new here, and we have an online version. We would love to hear from you. The first question on there is your prayer request. We want to pray for you. Please let us know how we can pray for you and every card that comes in we do pray for those requests so we want to pray for you if you also would give us your email address we have a special gift we would love to send you we can only do it by email so if you'll give us your email address we will get that out to you uh, right away and we are so grateful that you are here celebrating our lord and savior with us well at this time we'll have our video announcements
2: Good morning, church, and Merry Christmas. From the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for what we did yesterday together as a team in God's power at Experience Christmas. We saw so many wonderful things, not the least of which was my neighbor got saved yesterday. That was awesome. God is truly doing great things, and it was so special to see all of us come together as a team. Well, the Christmas season has so many more exciting things for us all to do together. This coming Saturday and Sunday is our annual church Christmas musical. We're so excited about it. Please keep inviting your friends and family and make sure they come and have an opportunity to hear the gospel presented in a creative way. And then of course, our annual Christmas Eve candlelight service is coming up on December 24th we want all of you there but we also want you to reach out into the community and invite people it's a very special evening and it really gets you put your putting your heart in the right place for Christmas Day love you all thanks again have a great service our missionary of the week is Pamela Wheeler Pamela is assisting church planters in Gaborone Botswana she has started a Christian school and has seen many children come to Christ Please pray this week for Pamela Wheeler and for Botswana.
0: Thank you, choir. Let's stand together, church. Come on, ring those bells, light the Christmas tree, celebrating Jesus, our King. He was born for you and for me. I guess I should have pointed this way when I said you. He is our King, our Lord and Savior. What a great truth. Let's praise Him together. Come on, ring those bells, light the Christmas tree.
3: Jesus is the King, born for you and me. Come on, ring those bells, everybody say, Jesus, we remember it's your birthday. Come on, ring those bells, like the Christmas tree, Jesus is the King, born for you and me. Come on, ring those bells.
0: The first noel some christmas carols to get us stayed in the christmas spirit and what a great treat this song is The, the first, first noel, noel, noel the angel as we sing this last song. Oh that he sent his son, Jesus. Thank you for your great singing this morning. Please be seated. Looking forward to T. Smith singing special music for us this morning.
4: Boy has come to make you new. This child that you deliver will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to you? A blind man. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would calm the storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy? your little baby you kiss the face of God the blind will see the deaf will hear the dead will live again the lame will leap, the dumb will speak
3: to the praises of the land,
4: Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nation. Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect land? That sleeping child you're holding is the grave.
1: to see Tia up here seven months ago for those who don't know seven months ago she was in a very bad car accident easily could have been killed just has been so bad she was only able to start rehab in the last week or two and still a lot of things she can't do yet can't drive yet But uh, God's healing her by his grace, and thank you. That was a great blessing. Well, we're going to pray in a minute, but before we do, I want us to have a scripture reading. So go with me to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 1, and you might think that's an unusual place to go for a Christmas message, and it is, but this passage does talk about Christmas. Truth is, most of the Bible talks about Christmas. We just don't always put it together. First Timothy chapter 1, I'm going to read verses 12 through 17. If you would, if you're able to, would you stand with me out of respect for the reading of God's Word? First Timothy chapter 1, beginning in verse 12. And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, Who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious but i obtained mercy because i did it ignorantly in unbelief and the grace of our lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in christ jesus This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, God, we thank you for your word and how powerful it is and that Jesus Christ indeed came into this world to save sinners. Oh, what a wonderful example Paul is of your grace and mercy, a pattern, and we thank you for it. Thank you for tea and what you're doing in her life. And God, we have uh, so many in our church that have been through major, major physical issues uh, in the past year. Uh, We continue to pray for them. We lift up uh, Teresa Conrad, Rebecca Morgan, John O'Neill, my wife Terry, Peggy Griffin, Harry Mosby. And I know there's others as well that serious physical issues. But I thank you, God, that these people, to the best of my knowledge, all know Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing. We do ask you to heal them physically, God. We know that you're able, and we ask you to do it. And Father, uh, we pray also for Ruth Wilkerson's family. God, bless them, comfort them. It's a great loss. Be near to them and watch over them. Draw them closer to you. We lift up the nation of Israel and All that is going on there, Israel and the the Palestinians at war, and we pray, God, that you would use it to bring people to Christ. People on both sides need Jesus. He is the only answer. That is a conflict centuries, even millennia old. The answer is Jesus. God draw them to Christ. Use this war, as bad as it is. Thousands of people dying. It's horrible. But, God, use it for good to bring people to Jesus. Father, we do pray for our Christmas program this week, the ornament, that you would bless it and use it. You blessed us greatly last night and saw a young man saved. We praise you for that. Thank you. Bless the ornament. Use that as well. We want to get the gospel out just as you told us to do. So, Father, bless it. Use it. Be glorified through it. Now, God, uh, as I preach your word, my voice is weak today, but uh, you people don't need to hear from me. They need to hear from you. So use it. Use me in this hour to preach your word, and I pray that people would listen and hear from you, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I, I do very much thank you. Everyone involved in experienced Christmas last night, uh, uh, we did not get an exact count, but we believe there were more than 300 people that went through and 300 people heard the gospel. So we praise the Lord for that. One young man responded, uh, Pastor Christopher's neighbor, and got saved. And, and I'm told he walked out of this room in tears. He knew he needed Jesus. Praise the Lord for that. So thank all of you. I love, as a pastor, it thrills my heart when I see so many of our people working and involved, and our young people, young couples, and teenagers, and children involved as well. It's wonderful. Thank you. If you had a part, you know, if you had any part in that, there's a reward for you. That young man got saved. And I trust God. That others who heard the gospel will be saved. My my prayer was that every single person that came through here will be in heaven one day. And now, be praying for the ornament this week because I want the same thing. I don't want anyone that comes here to end up in hell. That would be horrible. Well, let's look at uh, uh, our passage and my message today. And let me ask you: What are you celebrating at Christmas time? What does Christmas mean to you? To you personally, what is Christmas all about? What does it mean to you? Last night, we had Experience Christmas. And Experience Christmas, for those of you who don't know, and I know not everybody was here, uh, people come in on this end, and we walk them through six different scenes. So they get the story of Christmas, and it's with live actors in each scene. And uh, this year, this is only the second year we've done it, this year we added live animals. And there was a certain point that if you walked through the foyer, you could tell there had been a horse going through. He left evidence of his presence. Uh, which was quickly cleaned up and taken care of. But, uh, you know, horses don't really care. They just do whatever, wherever. Uh, But we did have live animals and sheep in the shepherd scene. Uh, it It was wonderful. A lot of work went into that. But if you went through it, you know we started with the Garden of Eden. I think the Garden of Eden, why would you go there for Christmas? Well, the Garden of Eden shows us the need for Christmas. Because Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. And when they sinned in the garden, they ruined the perfect relationship that they had with God. Adam and Eve talked to God face to face. The Bible says God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. Now, some people debate was that the morning or the evening, whatever. The point is God walked with Adam. They're walking through the garden talking. Wow. What a relationship they had. And God only gave them one rule one. They broke it. Don't be too hard on them. You and I would have done it too. They sinned against God. And when they did, the relationship with God was broken. And God, in Genesis chapter 3, made the first promise of Jesus' coming. So the Garden of Eden is very important to Christmas because it tells us, without the Garden of Eden, without that sin, there would never have been a Christmas. We see the reason. Then we went to the Passover. The Passover, again, you may think that's very unusual. Why would you go to the Passover relating to Christmas? That's a a Jewish thing. What's that have to do with us? Everything. Because Jesus is called the Lamb of God. In the Passover, the Jewish people were taught you had to take this blood Kill a lamb who's perfect, unblemished, a male lamb of the first year, and put the blood on the doorpost. And if you do, God said, as I come through Egypt and kill all of the firstborn, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. I'll pass over your house. And we told the story last night and used to, made it kind of personal. A family, husband and wife and a little boy. And like, little boys, why do you have to kill our lamb? And of course, mom and dad are like, because we want you to live. Well, that's why. But I, and you know, I'm sure a lot of that went on. Kids get attached to animals, like, no, this animal must be sacrificed. Because the Bible teaches, without shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. That's in Hebrews, but it goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve sinned, if you remember, they tried to cover themselves with fig leaves. That doesn't work very well. Leaves shrivel up wither and dry out and fall off. It's no good. God sacrificed one or more animals and made clothes for them. The first animal sacrifice was in the Garden of Eden, and it was because of sin. And God established the Passover for Israel and said, sacrifice the animal, put the blood on the doorpost. Now just imagine... If the family had said, uh, we just can't give up that lamb. We just can't do it. You know what? We've got a lot of money. But that lamb's really special to us. So we'll just leave at the door all of our gold and silver, all our money, and surely that will be okay. Would God have passed over that house? No. No. What if we just write on the doorpost all of the good deeds that we've ever done? You know, we help the poor and, and we serve and we sing in the, they didn't have synagogues back then, uh, they didn't have a tabernacle back then. Uh, we sing praises to God and we tell everybody about that and we'll write all of our good deeds on the doorposts and then surely that will be enough. No, God said blood had to be on that doorpost. And that Passover lamb, and the, Israel, the Jewish people celebrated Passover every year. They do to this day. They just don't do it correctly. They don't sacrifice lambs today. God told us that is a picture of what Jesus is going to do. So the Passover pictured Christ. Then the next scene we took people to was the Annunciation. When the angel told Mary, Mary, you're going to have a baby. It's like, what? Not me. Can't. I'm a virgin. This is impossible. They said, no, God's going to come upon you. And you're going to conceive a child by the Holy Ghost. The virgin birth. Some people try to downplay that today. say, well, it's really not important whether or not you believe in the virgin birth. That's a lie from the devil. Why do we need the virgin birth? Because Adam and Eve sinned and sin was passed down to mankind from Adam and Eve. Romans 5.12 says, wherefore, as, oh, I can't get it. As sin entered into the world and death by sin... I have this totally wrong. Thank you. As by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed unto all men for that all have sinned. Adam brought sin into the world and the sin of Adam was passed to Cain and Abel. We know that. uh, You know, Cain killed his brother. Obviously had a sin nature. The sin nature was passed on through the father all the way to me and you. We all have a sin nature today. But Jesus, his father was sinless. His father was God himself. Jesus didn't have an earthly father. If he would have had an earthly father, he would have had a sin nature. He would have to die for his own sin. There had to be a virgin birth in order for Jesus to be sinless. Then we went to the journey to Bethlehem, the place where Jesus had to be born. And placed in a manger, as we looked at, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, uh, in Luke chapter 2, it doesn't just say a manger, it says the manger. Jesus was placed in the manger where the Passover lambs were put. They were put there wrapped in swaddling clothes to protect them because the Passover lamb had to be perfect. It wasn't just a coincidence that Mary and Joseph... Couldn't get that there was no room in the inn, they had to go somewhere else. They went to the exact place where the Messiah was to be born. We saw the shepherds in the field. What a beautiful picture that is in in Luke 2, and I preached on that last week. The angel told them of the birth of the Messiah and sent them to the manger so they could see it. Shepherds, humble, not exactly a a glorious job. It's not the job most people aspire to, taking care of sheep, which are very dumb animals. But it is the job that David had before he was king. And Jesus, of course, is called the great shepherd, the good shepherd, the chief shepherd. It's called all of those in the New Testament. And so shepherds were the first ones to go and see the Messiah and went forth telling everybody. And then we brought people in here and, and, and shared the manger scene and the gospel. That's what Christmas is all about. So are you celebrating The world's Christmas or God's Christmas? Are you celebrating the world's Christmas or God's Christmas? You say, well, what what does that mean? What is the world's Christmas? Well, I, I looked on Google. What is the real meaning of Christmas? This is not the place to go for good theological answers, okay? It is not. You don't get good answers there, but you do get what the world thinks and found some interesting answers. There were actually a few that were correct, but definitely the minority. You get things like, the true meaning of Christmas is family, making merry, and generosity. Well, those are good things, but they're not the true meaning of Christmas. Another said, it is a celebration about joy and family. Again, good things. But you know, a lot of people do that on the 4th of July. Celebrate with family. Or you can get really bad. Like when I was growing up, my stepfather had an ashtray. An ashtray is a Christmas ornament. That's just twisted to begin with. But this ashtray said, with all the hustle and bustle, don't forget the real spirit of Christmas. Booze. Yeah, that was my family. Uh, Thank God for his grace. You know, that's what the world thinks of Christmas. And then I saw some Christian, I have to put in quotes, some Christian websites Here's what one said, for some Christmas is a time of joy, giving, and good cheer. It means the warmth and love of family and friends. For others, the meaning is a time of peace and goodwill. And for Christians, it means the birthday of Jesus, a divine messenger of God. Ouch. He is not, he is a divine messenger of God, but he is God. It goes on, but the real meaning of the season is something greater. It lies in the spirit of Christmas. Christmas isn't about putting up a tree and decorations, sending cards or singing carols. For most of us, it's about opening our hearts and sharing our love with friends and family. That's it. Another Christian site says, It is about how he came to give us love, hope, and joy. You know, that sounds good, but is that what Christmas is really about? It's not. I I want to give you an illustration. Back in 1982, now I know I'm going way back, 1982, half of you were not alive then. You perhaps have heard of this. It was a plane crash. Air Florida Flight 90. I remember Air Florida being from Florida. I flew on Air Florida at times. But Air Florida Flight 90 was flying from Washington National Airport. It was not called Reagan back then. Reagan had only been president for a year at this point in time. Um, Was flying from Washington National to Fort Lauderdale, where I was. So I remember when this happened. It was January 13th, 1982, and Flight 90 crashed into the 14th Street Bridge, hit six cars, truck, and landed in the Potomac. It was a very cold day. The airport had been closed that day until noon because of a snowstorm. The Potomac River was iced over. Bitterly cold, the plane... It had not had the wings de-iced properly. The pilots didn't follow proper procedures. Neither of the the pilot or co-pilot, had much experience flying in snow. They failed to follow some procedures that they should have. And the plane crashed because of the wings icing up. It only got a few hundred feet off the ground before crashing into the bridge and into the Potomac. And if you would, put the, the first picture up. Now... This picture is a computer-generated image. Nobody was sitting in the Potomac getting that picture, but but that's pretty much what it looked like. Uh, The second picture is an actual picture of the tail section in the Potomac River. And it's really not in black and white. It was a snowy, overcast day and foggy, and color just didn't show. Uh, There were 79 people on the plane. 74 died. Four people in their vehicles on the bridge died. This happened at about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. You know what traffic is like in D.C. at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It was bumper to bumper on that bridge. All this traffic, congestion. There was so much, the nearest ambulance took 20 minutes to get there because it couldn't get through traffic. Traffic. There was a man that tried to swim out to the plane in the Potomac. He jumped in the water. He's going out. Some people made it out of the plane. Uh, they're on, hanging on to the wreckage. He jumped in and tried to swim out. He was freezing, icing up. He came back to shore. People pulled him in and said, you can't do it. He's like, I got to go. He was determined to go. They gave him uh, the little bit of rope they had and some jumper cables to pull people with. And he jumped in and again tried to swim, but he couldn't make it. And they saw him struggling and took the rope and dragged him back in. They finally got a helicopter there. And let's look at the third picture. And you see a helicopter dropping the the flotation device and telling people, hang on, and dragging people to shore. And this woman lost her grip. Understand, the water was 34 degrees. And they'd been in the water a while before that helicopter got there this and when you're in water that cold your body closes off blood flow to your arms and legs and she lost her grip and she they tried again and she could not grab it and a man jumped in and got her jumped in and he swam out to her and you know what he said I've come to give you peace hope and joy Be of good cheer. <laughs> Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Let's just sit here and enjoy this time. It's the most wonderful time of the year. You're laughing because that's ridiculous, isn't it? Because what we miss is what Christmas is all about in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Christmas is the greatest rescue operation in the history of the world. It's not about parties and family and peace and joy. It's about people who are lost in sin and need a Savior. People are dying and going to hell. Christmas is about Jesus coming to save them. It's not about peace, hope, joy, family, generosity. Those are good things. But you know what it is when we say that's what Christmas is about? We're minimizing Christmas. Because when we do that, we're minimizing the need for Christmas. Christmas is about people who are lost on their way to hell. Hell is real. I don't like that. But it is. Hell is real. And people are going there. And God loves people. And he sent Jesus to rescue us. He came to save sinners. When the, if, if I'm clinging on to the wreckage of the plane and the guy comes out to see me, I'm here to give you peace. It's ridiculous. It's nonsense. He's, he went out to rescue. Jesus came to rescue, to save sinners. Don't minimize Christmas. Yes, it's a time of peace and joy. Get together with family. Merriment, wonderful. But don't miss what it's about. People are on their way to hell. That's real. He didn't come just to live a perfect life and show us how to live. We can't live the life that he lived. None of us are perfect. He came to die. Because of our sin. The need for Christmas gets left out We need Christmas. The man did not jump into that icy water to have a nice swim. It wasn't a polar bear plunge. He jumped into that water to save that woman. Period. No other reason. Jesus came To save. No other reason. He came to save us from our sin. We need Christmas. Without Christmas, there's no deliverance from sin. There's no being part of the family of God. There's no relationship with God. There's no Holy Spirit in us. There's no us as a family together as Christians. There's nothing without Christmas. But Christmas is about Jesus coming to save us from sin and to give us that relationship with God that was lost by Adam and Eve. Look at this passage again. He said in verse 12, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Paul is thankful that he's in ministry. Listen, I'm thankful to be in ministry. I don't know why God put me in ministry. I don't know why God would use me. But as long as he's willing, I'm in on it. Because I'm thankful that I get to stand up here and preach is the greatest privilege of, on earth. I would rather stand here and preach the gospel than to be the president. Mostly because they'd probably shoot me in a day with what I would do. (laughs) I'd fire everybody. And you're not allowed to do that as president. But anyway, this is the greatest privilege in the world. There's no greater privilege than to serve God, not just preaching, to sing in the choir. If you got a voice to sing and you can stand up and sing praises to almighty God who loved you so much that he gave his son to save you, why would you not be up there? You have, you have ability, the, the talent and ability in this church blows my mind. I, Pastor Christopher put m- most of experienced Christmas uh, together and organizes it. He's a whiz at organizing and We have people that are so talented in painting and making props and scenes and acting and do it. And, and the technology and all these different things. When you get to the Passover and he, and he paints and the thing turns red, like, Whoa, how do you do that? I don't know, but I sure like seeing it. I mean, we've got some amazingly talented people in our church then you're using your talents for the Lord. Praise God. And if you're not, shame on you. What are you thinking? You're missing the blessing. Because there's nothing as blessed as being used of God. And Paul said, I'm thankful he put me in the ministry. And he says in verse 13, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious? Paul was a wicked man. He was torturing Christians. He killed Christians, or at least had a part of it. He may not have done the physical killing himself, but he was in on it. He blasphemed God, persecuted, injurious. He was hurting people. He says, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly, in unbelief, and the grace. Oh, thank God for grace. The grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. He said, God's grace was amazing. In verse 15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. Everybody ought to accept this. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Verse 16 he says, Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Uh, listen to what he's saying here, it's very interesting. The word chief and the word first, chief in verse 15, the last word, and the word first in verse 16 are the same word in the Greek. It's the Greek word protos. It's where we get the word prototype. Now, a prototype today is the first. You build a prototype, oh, it works well, build everything like that. But it has more meanings than just first. It's not always first. It also means pattern, which is what we see here. In the Greek, it not only means first, means foremost. Paul was not the first one saved in verse 16. He certainly wasn't the first sinner. Verse 15, it's to save sinners of whom I am chief. Was Paul saying he was the first sinner? Of course not. What Paul is saying here is, look, I was, I was the chief of sinners, the top sinner. I was the foremost sinner. And God saved me. And he said, it's a pattern. Look how bad I was. Sometimes I meet people that think I'm too bad. God couldn't save me. They're not as bad as Paul was. Paul was a murderer. Do you know Moses was a murderer? David was a murderer. God does a lot with murderers. Don't go murder anybody saying, oh, God can use me if I do. Yeah, he'll use you in a prison ministry. Don't, go, don't do that. Paul's saying, I was horrible. God's grace and his mercy. He saved me. And he'll save you too. He said, look, it's a pattern. A pattern of what? A pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Do you believe on Jesus to life everlasting? If you've never been born again, if you're not 100% certain that if you died today, you would go to heaven, in just a few minutes we'll have an invitation, you need to come down. I don't want to embarrass you, but walk that aisle. Nobody's going to think badly of you. You need Jesus. People are dying and going to hell. Your good works, your money, your looks, your talents and abilities, your church membership, Your baptism, none of those are going to save you. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can save you. Just like it was the blood of the lamb that had to go on the doorpost. The only way the firstborn in that home would be spared was by blood. The only way you stay out of hell is by blood. The blood of Jesus Christ. You either accept the payment he made for your sins or you pay yourself, which means you will go to hell. I don't want you to go to hell. God doesn't want you to go to hell. That's why he sent Jesus. For Christians, what are we celebrating? Are you celebrating the world's Christmas? Peace, love, joy, goodwill, giving gifts, making merry, or God's Christmas? The Savior is come because people are dying and going to hell. And I'm rejoicing that he came and saved me. But I have a responsibility to tell everyone else as well. The Savior has come. What a wonderful thing. Let's pray. Father, oh God, thank you for Jesus. And help us truly as we celebrate Christmas to celebrate Our salvation the fact that we were lost and in sin and condemned to hell but you sent your son and help us God to truly recognize all around us there's people good people in our minds they're good and decent and honest even religious but lost they need Jesus Help us to be faithful, to share Christ, to share the real meaning of Christmas. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Father, anyone here today that doesn't know Jesus, that's not truly been born again, bring them to Christ today. Oh, this would be the greatest day of their life if they would come to Jesus right now. Have your will and your way in this invitation, Father, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Stand together with me. We'll sing a song of invitation. If you're not sure you're safe, please come. Let us open the Bible and show you from the word of God how you can know you have eternal life. If you wanna come and pray, you're welcome to do that. If you want someone to pray with you, we can do that. If you need to come for church membership, come see Pastor Chuck right here in the middle. Whatever the need is, come now. As we sing
3: How deep the
1: Father's
3: love for
1: jesus said on the cross it is finished the debt my debt your debt paid in full by jesus christ how wonderful to know him we have a lady coming to join the church we've had a lot of people join lately praise god for that pastor Chuck.
5: so this is maria brown and she's a good friend of bobby Haines. and she said i'd like to come and join the church knows christ as their savior i said well come on in We love having new family members, amen? Amen. So after we pray, I want you all to come down and welcome her into our family. Good stuff? Amen. All right, so we're so glad that you joined today. Um, We have some, you know, this is a great thing, kind of a good thing, but bad thing. Uh, The Woods family, this is their last Sunday at Fellowship Baptist Church, and they have been with us for many, many years. So we have a nice cake for you guys in the Stained Glass Cafe and uh, we're going to pray over that as well when we close. And we would like to have them go first. And then we need the choir and cast member of the production to get their stuff first. Get in line first so that we can get to our practices. Because we've got a big rehearsal thing going on today. So if you guys could, if you're not a part of those things, if you could let me go first, us go first. Those <laughs> types of things, that would be great. All right, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for experience Christmas Lord, it was a blessing. It truly was, all the way around. And Lord, we thank you for a good Sunday like this, a great message, and uh, people joining our church, Lord, we love that. And Father, we do, uh, we love the Woods family. They've been with us for a lot of years and uh, just blessed us many times over, uh, especially me personally. And so, uh, Lord, I pray for them, and I know you're going to bless them. I love having them together uh, again, as a whole family, and that's wonderful. So, Lord, watch over them and take care of them. And, uh, Lord, we'll all get back together soon, sooner than later. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. For-